Echoes from God's Word on Echoes of Holiness Radio. Just stay in the battle with you. Let you know they're praying for you. Wonderful, and I appreciate the saints of God. See Sister Susie out there. She's not making no moves. I like to be able to believe God, wouldn't you? Service this morning, it seemed like, you know, God is, uh, He's all-powerful, as Brother Jeff preached to us. All power is in His control, is in His hands, to do whatsoever He will. And there's really no limit to His power. But according to the Word of God, we can limit what God does by our unbelief. And it seemed like He was doing His best in the service today to get people to believe. And uh, I don't want to limit God, do you? I'd like to be able to believe Him. God is God. And He's wanting to work for His people. He's got a desire. He's seeking to show Himself strong on the behalf of them whose hearts is perfect. I sure don't want to be of unbelief. Do you? No telling what God has done. Amen. It doesn't have to be a great outward move, Brother Wayne. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to go home and hear, God has healed you. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to go home and find out, God has healed Brother Keith. Amen. I'm thankful. I've seen him work. Amen. Through the years. It's wonderful. I appreciate it tonight. Amen. For Jesus, your friend's about to die, but there he's still on behind. So they laid Lazarus in the tomb, and they said their last goodbye, coming down the road with Jesus right on. Not to 
Savior, and I think we looked at each other, actually coming and being a part. But Aaron said, gas prices are high. I guess I probably paid as much this trip as I ever had. But I tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful investment coming to the house of God, coming to a meeting like this. I tell you, you just, there's nothing you, I don't believe that you could spend your money for and get as great a return. Amen. I appreciate the work of God. I appreciate this meeting. Just wonderful to feel the Spirit of God. Appreciate the gospel. Appreciate the gospel that the family preached to us today. And uh, glad that we're here to hear it. I'm thankful for the work of God, for the uh, work that God has done, what He is doing. God is still in business. He's still working for His saints, for His people. People will just humble themselves and pray. Amen. Prayer still works. God still answers prayer. Amen. Sometimes we get uh, confused and wondering what the answer is. Prayer still is the answer. Prayer still works. And I'm thankful for it. So good, the things that we've heard. And, and I appreciate the church here for your labors. I've seen them working so hard and uh, done so well, taking care of the, the crowd. And we do appreciate it. Amen. I don't know if you can turn these monitors down or not, but I'd appreciate it if you could just a little bit. Amen. In Second Peter, if you have your Bibles you'd like to read with us, I don't have anything great to, to tell you tonight. I don't have any uh, elaborate message or uh, just a simple thought and trusting that God will bless it. I, I do feel like God has laid the burden on my heart, and that's what I'm looking for. Not necessarily looking for uh, a great message, but looking for... God, to lay that burden on my heart to be able to deliver something uh, that would be a benefit and a help to you. You pray for me, if you will. So many people, it's just been so good to let us know they're praying for us and supporting us, and that means so much to me. And I believe it works that way. I believe that if the saints of God bind together, work together, labor together, pull together, amen, I believe that it uh, makes room for the Word of God to have free course. If your heart is open and the Word of God is going forth, it just makes that connection. And so I do appreciate it. I need your help. I do need your help tonight. I need the help of the Lord most of all. Understand that. That I must have the anointing. I must have the grace of God. But I covet your help and your, your prayers tonight. Second Peter, the third chapter. And you please bear with me just a little while. You know me. I like to get right to the point. But it seems like it, it may take me just a little while to lay the foundation that I feel like that I need to lay. And I've, I've prayed much about this. I don't like to uh, take longer than necessary. I don't want to lose your attention. So pray for me that God would just lead me. Second Peter 3 and 1, the Scripture said, This second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you in, bo in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance 
that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count in slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with the fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And that, I feel like it's as far as that I need to read in that setting of Scriptures. We are fastly approaching, I believe, the consummation of all things. And uh, I, I see that in our world, it, it for a while, I've noticed that people would get a little stirred up, at least in America, about the end time. But as different things transpire and as time goes on and Y2K didn't, you know, take place like they thought it would, there's a conditioning taking place that is bringing a fulfillment of this Scripture here where he said that scoffers would come saying, Where is? Amen. Let me just back up and read, read that in the third verse. Knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. It looks like the earth is so... Uh, steadfast. It looks like the earth has just been here and the scientists want to portray it as millions of years. The scientists want to portray it as billions and eons of time, but it hasn't been here that long. And when He created the earth, He declared the end from the beginning. There is going to be an end. There's going to be a consummation of all things. It's going to come to an end after a while. And any spirit that would talk to your heart to try to uh, deter that or change that feeling or that understanding that things are just going to continue on like they are is the spirit of the Antichrist to try to divert your mind from the truth because Peter said it will come. There's going to come an end. The scoffers may say that everything is continued like it always has been. But don't be deceived because there is going to be an end to this after a while. One of the hardest messages that I preach is a message 
about the end of time because people have heard it for a long time and they think it's just, you know, another message and it's just going to continue on. Amen. But I hope only by the help of God that we could get to where we're needing to go. You see, we can't really understand what we need to do until we can understand where we are. We can't really stir our minds into remembrance like Peter said here. We cannot really put ourselves in the place that we need to be until we understand that God's Word is exactly amen, what He said it would be and there will be an end to this after a while. Amen. And there will come the day, the day of the Lord will come. It's not it might come or may come or, amen, but it will come. As a thief in the night, there's coming an end to this after a while. We've enjoyed it for many years, and I've enjoyed the Word of God and enjoyed life in, in its full. I believe I've enjoyed life as much as anybody. God has blessed me with a good life. I really believe that. And I'm not necessarily looking at man for an easy way out, but I am understanding by the Word of God there is coming an end after a while. Amen. The scoffers say that they're, that it's not, but it's coming. But Peter said in the 8th verse, But beloved, be, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Amen. Just because that it seems like the days and the years are rolling by, doesn't mean that God is slack. But he went on into the next verse and said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. He said there's going to be an end to it after a while, and there's coming an end. He's not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. I preached a message not long ago. Amen. About the, the survival workers and how that they, hey, you know, they get out and after a tragedy has occurred and, and uh, you know, they begin to comb through the debris and uh, they're looking for a survivor is what they're looking for. Amen. And, uh, you know, they search it for days and, and days and weeks and the reason why. Hey, they've got dozers on standby. They've got the cranes and the trucks to haul it all away. And they could get in and clean it up in a hurry, but the reason they don't want to, they're looking for another survivor. And the day finally comes when they say it's been long enough now that there's really no more chance. There's no more hope because by now, hope is already gone. And it's time for us to clean it up. It's time for us to get rid of the debris, it's time for us to get rid of the aftermath. Message I've tried to preach is on the aftermath of sin. Amen. But after a while they say it's time. And maybe as the dozers begin to make their way towards the debris, you might hear a mother scream out and say, No, they've not found my son yet. They've not found my daughter yet. Oh, but now it's time. Amen. And God has held it off and held it off. But it's not because His Word is not true. It's not because He's slack. He's not forgot what He was planning to do. But He just simply wants to save as many as possible. 
But as long as it goes, as long as it may seem like it is, there will come an end after a while. There will be an end to it after a while. One of these days. And Peter said here that God is not slack concerning His promise. He said in the verse preceding that, Amen, that this one thing be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. God designed the days. He designed the hours of the days. He put it in order. He designed, amen, it's structured how that days ought to be, amen, there ought to be weeks. And, uh, and, you know, at the end of a week, you work six days, you labor six days. He told Moses, and on the seventh day you rest. Amen, it's a day of rest that you need to rest on the seventh day. Amen. You pray for me just a little while. I feel like I need to take this time. Amen. And God designed it to be that way. It seems like me to me, according to the Scripture, the, uh, the number with God of days of completion is seven. Amen. Of fully filling that number, a complete cycle. Amen. Seven days in a week. Six days you work. Seven you rest. Amen. And when he, the, the children of Israel came into uh, the land of Canaan, he said that you'll work and labor in the fields and plow the fields for six years. And on the seventh year, you let the land rest. But it's a completion. This season or this cycle is over. Amen. Let the land rest. And seven Sabbaths, seven sevens, 49 years later, we come to another fulfillment, and it's time for the year of Jubilee. Amen. It's a cycle. It's a completion. Amen. He told Joshua to walk seven days around, one time around the walls of Jericho. And on the seventh day, march seven times, a complete number, completely fulfilling his work and his plan. Amen. And Peter said that, that with God, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Amen. I believe what he was saying to us. Amen. There is it's the plan of God and has been since the time that it was formed. It was created by Him and for Him that He might bring fruit unto Himself. We could go over to Revelations and when it's all said and done, He's going to tell the angels to take the sickle and thrust it in and reap the earth. The earth is now. Amen. Oh, it's time ready to be harvested. Everything that's going to be, all the fruit that's going to be born is already born. I remember you preaching several years ago, Brother Archie, about the few that was in the utmost vow that we wasn't seeing people get saved like we one time did. But we're gleaning. We're getting a few grapes here. A cluster here and a cluster there. But oh, there's going to be a day when all of that is done. And all the labors is done. And then I believe he was talking about and then the 6,000 year period of time upon the earth. And then 6,000 years the earth would be in labor, would be a harvest, but bringing forth fruit unto God. And on that seventh day would be a thousand years reign of Christ supreme and a millennial reign. Heaven will be a perfect day. Amen. I'm just going to try to take a little time. I'm
Oh, it's already been a little lengthy tonight. Amen. But he called Jesus, told him to go tell. Amen. That fox, he said, I do cure today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I'm perfected and cured. Amen. It already had been 4,000 years. Amen. Around about already been 4,000 years. Or four days, if you will. Amen. But now there were three days left in the week. And Jesus had come with a new dispensation. He said, I work today. That former rain, when the, the rain fell on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And he said, I do cures tomorrow. Speaking about you in our day. Where the latter rain would fall and the Holy Ghost would fall again upon the church. And he said, on third day, I'll be perfected. I tell you, a third day where we'll reign as kings and priests upon the earth. But I want to tell you, just because it seems like we've been here a long time, don't mean that that day is not coming to an end. It's about time for the end of all things to be. Amen. It was, well, let me just break it down a little bit for you. I'm trying to preach to our young people. Some of this, most of you know, a lot of you know what I'm preaching tonight. But we've got young people that may not understand really where we are in time. And if I could, I'd like for them, it's a dawn on their mind that we are there. We are to that last days, the last hours. I hope that they can understand where we are. Amen. The 6,000 years that's been to be broke down into three dispensations. And I don't know that you can put a name on it, but it's from what I could see, I'd call the first dispensation of sin and death because it rained in those days from Adam. Did it not? And then that dispensation of time until Noah... Amen. Until Moses, when the law was given, the second dispensation was a time of law that was given unto Moses, a time of types and shadows that would bring to us the light of what God wanted for us and what He required of man. The law given of Moses, the oracles committed unto Moses. There was a day and an hour of law. The law and the prophets were until John. It was that dispensation. And the third dispensation of the third and in 2,000 years was a dispensation of grace when Jesus hung on the cross and died in the veil of the temple, was written plain from top to bottom, and access was given to a Gentile world, and a new day dawned. Jesus said that as He walked through, and the Word of God said as He walked through the borders of Zebulun and Nephthah, and then that light is sprung up, a brand new day has dawned, and then and He preached repentance unto a Gentile world, a new day dawned, a day of grace, and that day where he said, I'll do cures today. I'll do cures tomorrow. But brother, we have already almost completed those 2,000 years. On our calendar we have. But I don't have a record of God's calendar. Only he knows it. But we're there. We passed the 2,000 year mark. But we not probably have not passed it on God's calendar. But we are here in the last days that he spoke about. Peter said, don't, don't think that God is slack. Amen. He's not slack concerning His promise. Because with God, one day is as a thousand years. And as a thousand years is one day with God. But we 
when God declared the end from the beginning. He knew when He told Moses, six days you labor, on the seventh you rest. Six days He created the earth, and on the seventh He rested. Amen. He redesigned it from the very beginning. From day one, day two, day three, day four, five and six of creation. On the seventh he rested. He was declaring there'll be an end of this after a while. Six thousand years. But when it's all over, I'm going to reign supreme on the earth for a thousand years. Amen. Oh, I hope you can get the understanding today. Amen. Tonight, where we really are, young people, we are in those days. Amen. I know our people have heard a lot of this at home. And, uh, amen, please bear with me. But I, I, I feel like I need to try to bring this out. As these dispensations moved from one to another, amen, it didn't happen instantly. There was a transition period. And every one of them, God looked down on man and he seen the hearts were exceedingly evil on evil continually. And God said, it's time for something to be done. It's time for a change. Amen. So he looked the world over and he found a man by the name of Noah. And he spoke to him and said, build an ark. Amen. And then you preach this message to the people. And then Noah began to preach it and began to build an ark. It didn't happen that day. He preached for 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50, 100, and then maybe somewhere around 120 years. And even then, the dispensation wasn't over. I don't know that you could actually mark the particular time. Could you say it happened when they entered into the ark? Could you say it happened when the ark door shut? And then could you say that it happened seven days later? And then or when the ark landed? I don't know, but sometime in the space of that transition, it took us from this dispensation to this dispensation. Amen. I'm trying to get somewhere. Amen. And from the dispensation of the law of Moses, there come a time when God said it's time to change it from this day to a new day. Amen. Then Zechariah went into the temple. Nothing had been heard from God for years as far as man was concerned. And God spoke to Zechariah and said, You're going to have a son. Amen. And want to call his name John. Amen. And there began a brand new day. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. It didn't, it didn't end there and it didn't start a new day there. Amen. John preached and after a while Jesus came. John baptized him, and Jesus did miracles on the earth. And then he went and died on the cross, and the veil was written plain. Amen. I hope that you'll allow me the time I need tonight. Amen. But somewhere, amen, was it when he died on the cross? Was it when he led him out to Bethany? Was it when he was received up in the clouds? Or was it on the day of Pentecost? I can't tell you. But somewhere from the time that he spoke to Zacharias, to the time of the day of Pentecost, there had been a brand new day gone. Amen. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, God has told us we're going to come to a new day after a while. There's going to be a brand new day, darling, after a while. Amen. But there's a transition period that needs to take place first. 
Amen. And I'm not going to do a lot of reading. But there's a lot of things that God said would happen in the last days. The beginning of sorrows. Amen. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be war. There'll be famine. There'll be pestilence. Amen. Knowledge would increase. I was teaching this at home. And I really felt like ever since I've studied it, that the transition period that started with Amen, I like it did with Noah. The Scripture said, as it was in the days of Noah, so also shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It started somewhere about the time that God spoke to Noah in that dispensation. But on our day, amen, I feel like according to the Scripture, the thing that God said was going to take place started somewhere around the, amen, early 1900s, that late 1800s. Amen. And I just felt like it. I just seen things in the scriptures that pointed back to that day. That somehow it was time for a brand new day. And God said, let's start the transition. Amen. And knowledge increased. So I got to looking it up. I, I looked up some of the inventions that had been invented and wrote them down. And the light bulb was, it was invented in 1879. Amen. There's, there's a, a prophecies about the carriages in the street, you know, the automobiles. Amen. I was surprised when I looked it up and studied history a little bit. The first automobile was called a horseless carriage. Amen. It was invented in 1893. Knowledge began to increase on a great scale. I'm talking about from the very beginning until 1890-something, everybody rode horse and buggy. But in 1890-something, amen, all of a sudden, the light bulb was invented. Electricity was found. Amen, a horseless carriage came in. And by 1903, I believe it was, the first flight took place in air. Amen, it's been, you know, the Wright brothers, I believe 1903. Amen. Knowledge increased. Amen. The gathering together of a Jewish people back to a land that they had been scattered to all the face of the earth. Amen. There was a book written, amen, about, amen, the Jewish state, the Zionist Congress, written in 1897. This is not coincidence. This is a brand new, amen, transition from that day till now. You say, what's the importance of all that? I want to tell you this. When this brothers and the saints of old preached that we're in the last days, and they said these earthquakes and this World War One and World War Two is a fulfillment of the Scripture, they didn't miss it. They're right on target. That's where we was. Hey, but we preached that for 50 years. So what? No, I preached it for 120. Amen. That didn't mean we wasn't in a transition. It didn't mean that we was in that place where it said is the beginning of sorrow, earthquakes, wars, famines, pestilence. Amen. AIDS came along, and it's cleaning people out in Africa till they can't keep people trained to do a professional job. Because about the time they get them trained, another one dies by the thousands. They're burying them. Pestilence, earthquakes, in diverse places. We are not waiting for the last days. We are living the last days. Hey! Woo! Amen. I wonder how 
how many people said that old man preached that same old message? It's going to rain. It's going to rain for a hundred years. That silly old man. I wonder how many people. I mean, when I start, you know, when preachers preach about the end of time, that same old, same old message. Preaching that same end time message. I heard that when I was a little boy. So, we're in the last days. We're there. We're down to the very last hours. We're there. We're not waiting to get there. We are there. Oh, I hope the Lord will lead us tonight. Amen. I've got so many scriptures that I don't know. Amen. What all I need to read? Would somebody get me Second Thessalonians? Amen. Let me just read it to you right quickly here. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the gathering together unto Him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. As that day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And we've already seen that, saints. We see them by the thousands that's claiming to have the goods and living just like the world. We've already seen the falling away of the truth. We're seeing it now. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was with yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that you might be, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Amen. Amen. Allow me to take just a little bit of your time tonight. Amen. I feel a burden and I don't, I don't know if I'll get to where I need to go, but I feel such a burden tonight to preach to you. Amen. We are in the days where we are waiting for that last signal. You see, when they come down to the end of the transition time of Noah, the ark was shut seven days before it ever dropped a drop of rain. Amen. You know, there's another week to be fulfilled at the last of this transition period. There's a week of years to be fulfilled. Seven years is yet to be fulfilled upon Jerusalem. Is that not right, Brother Sammy? Studied it out. There's still a week. As it was with Noah, they entered into the ark. There was a week fulfilled. There's yet a week to be fulfilled at the end of this transition time. 
three and a half years of it will be tribulation. Amen. But uh, the half of it will be tribulation. The scripture said that when this man of sin, this Antichrist, stand in the holy place, the one that was spoken of by Daniel, that would be a, of understanding, amen, that from that time to the end will be three and a half years in the midst of the week, that last week that's yet to be fulfilled. So what are we waiting for? Peter said, or they talked, Paul said to the Thessalonians here, amen, there this day will not come. Amen. You'll not see this day that I'm talking to you about tonight, that I'm preaching to you about tonight. That day will not come except the first come of falling away. There's going to be a beginning of sorrow. There's going to be a transition to expire first. Amen. And that man of sin be revealed. Now, if we've already seen the falling away of the church, I really believe we have, brother. We are doing our best to hang on to what we can now. And the devil's still stealing them out from among us. Be a deceiving them. And then deceiving them to believe they can live like the world and still have the good. Still live it. But we've about seen the, the last of the falling away, I believe. Amen. I don't know. We may see it on a grand scale. Amen. When this uh, deceiver is turned loose. But I really believe we've about seen the falling away of the church. Amen. So what are we waiting on? One thing. We're waiting on the man of sin to be revealed. But the sad thing to me, if it's like it was in the days of Noah, Amen, the ark was shut. And at the same time where he said, He who now letteth will let until he be taken away. I believe it will be like it was when the ark door was shut. The Holy Ghost conviction will be gone. Holy Ghost reaching out to a Gentile world like it's rich. Preachers preaching and conviction reaching to the back of the house of God. That day will be over. There won't be no need, Brother Stephen Hunter. I believe I've seen you with a burden preach and reach for the laws with all your heart. On that day, there won't be no need of it anymore. Holy Ghost conviction will be gone. Hey. <laughs> Let's preach it again, brother. Let's fast another meal. Let's get a hold of another burden. Let's reach another soul. Help me, saints, to reach for somebody tonight. Because we are at the end of this transition. When that man of sin is revealed. And when he is, we can put our Bibles up. As far as preaching to the laws, I'm here to preach to you tonight. We are there. Amen. You might understand my burden a little more now. God, let it weigh on my heart. Amen. Till I reach for my children with all I can. Amen. Amen. And then a sin's going to be revealed. And I don't really know what's keeping it from being revealed now. You see, the world is already in a place waiting for it. The Middle East is imperfect condition for it. They've been looking for a man for a long time. And it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't knock F that off. Amen. I don't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't knock F that off, hoping the next man would be healed. Amen. Listen to me. I feel like God is wanting to talk to us tonight. They're looking for him. The world is looking for him. Somebody to settle the crosses. 
Thousands of men are dying there today. Our men are dying in Iraq today. Russia has burdened itself with it. Made a trip to Egypt and to Israel just a few days ago. The leaders, the world powers are burdening themselves to bring the full what the scripture said would be. They're only waiting for that man. Amen. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get rid of the last pope. I don't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Looking for that man. Amen. But one day, he's going to be revealed. And they're going to find him. Amen. That's what we're waiting on. And when that happens, saints, we're going to be face to face with the very beast power. Let me say it like this. Satan incarnate. Amen. Satan incarnate. Satan of man on earth. Amen. With all, what did the scripture say? Would you mind to read that again? With all power. Amen. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna glorify the Antichrist here. I'm not gonna try, amen, to build him up here. The tenth verse of the second chapter of Second Thessalonians. Amen. This man of sin, read. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Amen. Amen. In the ninth verse he said, even him, talking about the Antichrist, who is coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Amen. Now I'm not telling you I'm not taking away from what Brother Jeff preached. I believe it. I want to get over there here in a little while. But I also want to understand what the Scripture is saying here. When this man of sin is revealed with all power, amen, with signs and lying wonders, you're going to be face to face with that one that even the angels cried out when he was cast to the earth. Whoa! Under the inhabitants of the earth. Whoa, why? We've done battle with him here in heaven. Woe to him. Because Satan has come down having great wrath, knowing that it has but a short time. Hey, children, you may not know it, but Satan knows he's got a short time. You might not know you need to be in these altars praying, but Satan does. Holy Ghost power fell around here last night. Holy Ghost power moving. And our young people didn't have enough care about what was going on. But they marched about back out there and got the talk talking and cutting up while the power of God was moving. You don't believe it, but I'm here to preach to you today. Hey, you better believe it because Satan does. Satan knows it. He knows it. <laughs> and Satan incarnate is going to set up a kingdom on this earth. And you're going to need something to withstand him. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Will you? Amen. Will you? <laughs> oh, just do what daddy says. What if daddy ain't there? Amen. I got the studying about it. I know the Bible says, how are we going to overcome him? 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. I know it says that. But how are you going to hang on to your testimony? Amen. Because He's not going to be after your life. He's after your testimony. He's after your testimony. That testimony of Jesus Christ. Those that were victorious on the sea of glass still had the testimony of Jesus Christ. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They still had it. That He didn't take it away from them. The mark didn't do it. The beast didn't do it. The image didn't do it. The power didn't do it. His deceit didn't do it. His glory didn't do it. His earthly kingdom didn't do it. They still had their testimony. He's after it. He's after your testimony. He is after it when Stephen stood and preached to him. I'll kill him. He is after it. Amen. He's still after it. He don't care if you die or not. What he wants is to take your testimony. Denounce the name of Jesus Christ. Or we'll take your life. Denounce the name of Jesus Christ. Or we'll kill your children. He's after your testimony, saints. Amen. How are you going to keep it? How are you going to keep that testimony? Amen. Amen. As I studied it, Amen. I studied it out. Number one, we're going to need to know how to be led through here. Because as far as we're concerned, it's uncharted waters. And nobody ever walked this way before. No church ever been here before. He's charted it. He knows where it's going. He knows where it's at. Amen. But you're going to need a guide. You're going to need somebody to guide you. Amen. Read for me if you would. Amen. Amen. Oh, I feel like trying to preach tonight. <laughs> Amen. In St. John, the 16th chapter, and reading in the 12th verse, I believe it's what I want. Amen. St. John, 16 and 12. And read down, I believe it is. That through the through the just the thirteenth verse, maybe. I've yet many things to say unto you. You cannot bear them now. How be it? When he, the Spirit of Truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Amen. He shall glorify me. Amen. He shall receive a mind and shall show it unto you. Amen. Maybe that's far enough. You're going to need a guide to get through this hour. You're going to need something to show you which step to take. I'll just follow the church. They'll probably lock the churches up. I'll just follow mom and dad. They may take mom and dad away. Then how are you going to get there? How are you going to know where to go? Amen. And by the power. Amen. By this God. Amen. The Holy Ghost. That's what's going to guide you. He shall guide you in all truth. And I put my foot next, God. Amen. 
It couldn't even be like it is, like it was in Russia where they said, amen, that just let the Holy Ghost tell you where the next church service is going to be. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to lead you. The Holy Ghost is going to guide you. Amen. He, he's going to get us through there. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of truth. Praise the Lord. What about when this one comes out with all deceivableness and many Christ, plural, and many false prophets rise up, deceiving many, amen, and will deceive the very elect. I believe that's me and you, if it were possible, in a confusing hour like that, in a deceiving hour like that, what's going to guide you through? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to do it. Amen. I never have preached. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to get saved. But this burning on my heart, I just about feel like you're nearly going to have to have it to get to the mark of the peace, to get to the hour that's ahead of us. How is going to guide you? The Holy Ghost. And what's going to show you the way the Holy Ghost is? What about when you get him brought in before the magistrates and judges? Who's going to give you a say? The Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Another thing you're going to need to get you through this hour is the comfort. Amen. Is a comforter. Praise the Lord. Somebody give me, amen, St. John 14 and 14, I believe it is. Amen. Allow me. I didn't know I don't normally preach this long. I don't normally preach a long time, but I felt the need to. Amen. St. John 14 and 14. 15 it is. Amen. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. One more verse. I will not lead you comfortless. What do you need a comforter for? Amen. Amen. I've heard, I've heard in times past, they've taken the babies and tortured them in front of mama. I've heard they've done it. I've heard that they've took fingernails and pulled them out in front of mom and dad. Amen. Oh, what if they do that, mama? What if they do that, daddy? And you don't have no comforter. Amen. The writer in Ecclesiastes. Amen. I believe it's Ecclesiastes. Looked upon those that was oppressed. And there was no comforter. I don't have a title tonight, but I almost felt like preaching. No God, no comforter, and no power. (laughs) Staring the incarnate Satan, the Antichrist himself, that's been given fully way to take the world over. No comforter. No power and no God. 
What else is it going to take to get us through? Power. If he's going to have power, we're going to have to have power. Amen. Acts, I'm not going to take time to read it, but Acts says, Amen. Amen. After that you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive power. Power for what? Power to hang on to your testimony. Power to be a witness. Power to stand up and say, if you wonder what group of people I'm with, it's that Holy Ghost filled people. Hey, power! That's what Peter lacked. He said, I'll go with you all the way. Yeah, I'll die with you, Lord. I'll not... I'm going to follow you all the way. I'm saved. I've attended church for 20 years. I'm not going to backslide. I'm going all the way. Peter said it too. But before the cock drove, amen, he had already denied him Trump rise. He didn't have the power to be a witness. Woo! Hey, call my No, God, no comforter and no power. I struggle with this, brother. I know God's grace is sufficient. I know it is. Amen. 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 But what Peter lacked, the day of Pentecost came, and that Holy Ghost came like a mighty rushing wind. And it set upon each of them. And they spake with other tongues. And the cloven tongues like of the fire set upon each of them. And it might have been some of the same one that said, this man's one of them. I don't know if this is the way it is, but it kind of made me wonder. Amen. If what did, what caused him to say that to Peter, I might have, he might have been trying to take up for Jesus a little bit. Amen. Talking bad about him and running him down. And then he might have said, no, he really ain't all that bad. He's really a pretty... And they said, you're one of them. Your speech is betraying you. And then you're one of them, one of his followers. No, I'm not. He wanted to stand up for Jesus, but he lost his testimony because he didn't have the power. But on that day of Pentecost, they got to wondering if they was drunk. And Peter stood forth and said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters but prophesy, this is the power. And he preached Jesus, and he preached Jesus, and he preached Jesus until they put him in jail. And he kept preaching Jesus until God let him out of jail. And he preached Jesus. And then until after a while, they said, well, crucify you. He said, all right, but don't crucify me like you did him. I'm talking about the very one that denied him three times. He stood and said, I am one of them. I'm the Jesus man. Amen. And if you're going to crucify me, wonderful. But don't crucify me like you did him. I'm not worthy. Just crucify me upside down. Peter, what brought on the chain? Peter, what gave you that kind of grace? Peter, how did you hang on to that testimony? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Stephen, we're going to stone you. But Stephen, being what? Being what? 
Sister Dorcas had suffered a lot of things. Sister Dorcas falling, been sick, maybe lost a baby. And Lord, how are we going to make it when it comes to that end time? I can't hardly make it now. How are we going to make it then? Oh, I'm so troubled. I'm so worried. Standing in the kitchen wondering how are we going to make it. Heaven's Holy Ghost settled down on her. She began to speak in other tongues. And the Lord spoke to her and said, this is how. <laughs> Do you need the Holy Ghost? Do you need the Holy Ghost? You don't only need to be saved. You need to get in in this hour and get the power of God. You may be testifying to it, but there's too many in this congregation right here. According to the Spirit of God, now I'm feeling there's too many here that's testifying to it. They are not full of the Holy Ghost. It's been too long since you prayed through to it. It's been too long since you even spoke in tongues. Hey, how are we going to make it? By the power, by comforter, and my God. Oh, I hope the Lord will let me know how to go far to go with this tonight. My dad was flying an airplane one time and came in a little too low, maybe lost air, and had an air pocket, hit an air pocket and dropped and hit the landing gear, tore off one of the wheels, and got back up in the air and started trying to land. They said, we're going to send you to Midland. We don't have the fire trucks, the phone trucks to take care of a situation like that. We're going to send you to Midland. Sent him over to Midland, 90 miles away. He got over there, and there they were. Ambulances and fire trucks lined the runways. Reporters, news reporters had their cameras all out waiting for the crash. And then my dad flew over at one time. Radio, the tower, tower radio on him and said, are you ready to land? He said, no, I'm not ready. Amen. Went around again and he said, Lord, if you'll let the Holy Ghost speak, I'll be ready. Flew around again, they radioed back. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to land. I'm still waiting on that one. Amen. But about that time, Brother Clarence McDaniel sat behind my dad began to speak in other tongues. Laid his hand on his shoulder, said he grabbed the radio and said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll end it now. Amen. The comforter showed up. The power showed up. The God is here. I don't know how to land the plane with one wheel, but he does. Amen. The sister that was 
Deb, the sister that had, had, had lost her, been paralyzed, lost her speech, they got to praying for the Holy Ghost. She began to speak in tongues. Amen. And they told her, they said, the Holy Ghost didn't have a stroke. She had one, but he didn't. Amen. He'll give you what to say in that hour. Amen. Landed the plane. Come to a stop. And he kind of went over into the grass. And four or five honest preachers come out with their hands in the air, praising and magnifying God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I need to try to bring this to an altar. I told this at Falls Valley. This is a burden that was on my heart there. I know Brother Orville told us last night. Did you understand? Did I hear him right? He said if he had to preach, he had to preach what the church is fixing to go through, and they're going to need what? Power of the Holy Ghost. That's what he said he would have preached. I didn't get my message then. I had it out of preached it at Paul's Valley. But I'm here to tell you what the church is fixing to go through. It's going to need power. Amen. Amen. Oh, help us, God. Amen. Somebody get us a song. I believe I'm about through. Amen. Oh, this power, this God, this comforter. Sister Daisy Utter, her son got killed. One of them got killed and died. I'm not sure if it's the one that died in the plane crash. But she told somebody, I won't ever shout again. I won't ever shout again. Amen. No way. I don't know. Maybe lost two sons. Lost that one and said, it took my shout. I'll never shout again. But she stepped up to the casket on the funeral day. Amen. Unbeknownst to her. There awaited her that a comforter. She made one step up to the casket and threw her hands in there and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And there she shouted right there in front of that casket. I'm here to tell you, He's a comforter. He's a God. And He has all power to bring you through the hour that's facing the people of God. Oh, children, let me plead for you. Heaven, get us a song, if you will. <laughs> oh, you preach to us today about the loathing of our person. I've been trying to tell my son, I know you want to do good, but you can't do it on your own. I know you intend to stay with Christ. I know you intend to keep your testimony, but if you're going to keep it, you need power to be a witness in this last hour. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Till in the face of the very beast itself, in the face of that unleashed power, that unleashed satanic power that's going to cast out a flood to the church. Hear me just a little while. I want to reach a little bit tonight. When you stand eyeball to eyeball with that power, I believe there's only one thing that's going to give you power. To hold your testimony and be a witness on that day. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, children, would you move in a little closer? I don't know if I'm done or not, but I feel such a need for somebody. 
I asked a young man that thrilled me last night, brother. Was it your son that was laid over the altar here? <laughs> right here, come here, son. I asked him before church, I said, are you coming for it tonight? He said, I hope so, or something to that effect. You know one reason I was wanting you to go through to it? Because I've been a weeping and a crying and rolling in the floor and saying, God, please get my sons a desire. And I thought if they could see you go through to it, they have some spark in their heart to say, I need it. But children, whether you see it or not, you better get in and get a hold of God with all you got if you intend to go to heaven, if you intend to stay with the people of God. It's time now to get a hold of it. Come on, children, come on. I'm preaching to yours, but I'm preaching to mine. (laughs) I told the Lord the other day, Sister Kathy, I said, Lord, maybe not these words, but I said, I've traveled the country. I've preached and I've fasted and I've fasted and I've prayed for you to give me one more message for one more soul. That you'd see, help me, somebody to see their need to get a hold of God. But God, for my heart, I ask nothing more than I could take my children to heaven with me. Children, won't you come? Sing when you're ready.